In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. And welcome to Comic Exposure. Uh, my name is Joshua Buckley in my podcast, Spirit Animal. Are you going with, you're going with Joshua? Yeah. Well, I do you usually go Joshua? I guess sometimes I do. All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to go with Travis. <laughs> Travis. <laughs> do you want to go to, you want a short? You want to go Trav? I'm going to go Trav Rats is Trav here today Rats. on the ones and twos. On the ones and twos. Uh, and this is Comic Exposure. And on Comic Exposure, we usually bring a, a guest on and we talk about uh, comic books, a graphic novel, a trade. And we try to expose someone new to something, or someone who may not read what we normally read to, to something, and bring them into the world of uh, comic nerddom. And so today, uh, who's our guest, Travis? We got Christopher Mode. You know how I call him Christopher? I'm trying to class trying this to, up. Trying yeah. to class it up. It is. J- Joshua, Christopher, Christopher, Joshua. Hello, hello, Christopher. How's it going? Um, Chris is my, uh, my brother-in-law. Okay. Um, how, many, how many years has it been now? Since 2012. 2012, Yeah. And um, so Chris is, um, we always, we'll always chat about uh, like this, what the new superhero movies are and we'll, we'll, we'll chat about like, uh, you know, whatever the, the newest summer action movie is and all that stuff like that. But um, I've actually given him a couple of, of books to read in, in, in entirety. What books did I give you to read? Preacher. Preacher. Which was amazing. <laughs> Which was all right, amazing. All right. All right. Uh, you also gave me uh, Civil War just recently. Give him Civil War. I read that this week too, oh, by the way. Good. And uh, Why the Last Man? Oh, why, oh yeah. I'm in. I'm in the midst of Why the Last Man. You gave me all ten. Travis, <laughs> really, here, read this. Yeah. I want to do a show about all of them. The, the <laughs> two things that have rotated around the sphere of my life are issues of Preacher and Why the Last Man. I hand them out like party favors. Yeah. So I am. I'm on uh, volume two of Why the Last Man out of ten. So I'm gonna, wow. I'm going to take a couple with me to, to California the beach. Yeah. To the beach, and I'm going to read. Why the last man on the beach? Uh, well, like I sun myself, and you know it'll be it'll be nice. I'm gonna get a glowing tan while I'm reading Why the Last Man. <laughs> they're not glossy pages, so that's I know, nice. That's, You're not gonna get like that problem. reflection. I, you know what? I kind of like that it's on newsprint, though. It feels like it feels like classic, real, right? It feels, it feels classic. You're right. Either that or Vertigo is just cheap. I don't know. Josh, is it Vertigo? You know what it feels like? Yeah, it's Vertigo. Huh. It feels like home. It feels like home. It feels like it feels the like very home. first time. <laughs> so uh, I haven't actually asked you this, Chris. Like, what when you were a kid growing up? Um, did you have comics around around the house when you were a kid growing up? When you were an adult growing up? When you were a kid, did you have um, did you have uh, kids um, comics around? No, uh, it was in my household. It was always sports. Sports was a big thing for us. So, oh, you're one of those, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm one of those. It wasn't until um, my stepdad he is the one who introduced me to the comic world, um, and he had. Silver Surfer. Ooh. Uh, that was the one that I read the first was the first Silver Surfer that I got me into the whole comic world of everything and then reading through that uh the Infinity Gauntlet was the next biggest thing back then of course um this is back in the 80s and 90s not to show my age too much We know when the Infinity Gauntlet was <laughs> at Christopher <laughs> But yeah that was that was my introduction uh was Silver Surfer and I I kind of fell in love with the whole Norn Rad and who he was and what he what he was all about and how he was um, 
portrayed to be um, as the guy to go find stuff for Galactus, but did not know uh, until someone had to show him through different eyes. So right, the Herald of Galactus. Like, dude, you're evil. Do you? Like, oh God, I yeah. am. <laughs> oh my God, you oh. are. You're, oh my God, dude, damn it, you're right, dick. dude. I'm evil. I've done some really messed up stuff in my life. I would love to do like a sit down Silver Surfer in therapy. I get hit for that epiphany moment. Yeah. Oh my God, you're right. The who, who did this whole time? I've been projecting the, the chick from The Sopranos. The chick from The Sopranos, same one, <laughs> yeah. Doctor Melfi. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you know anything about Silver Surfer, Josh? I don't know very little about Silver Surfer. Go ahead. Wait, um, I don't. I don't know a ton about him. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I am. Um, here's what I know about Silver Surfer. He has like one of the the coolest character designs in all of comics. Like, I love the I love the look of Silver Surfer, and he's got a surfboard. Which makes no sense. Like Jack Kirby must have been smoking a lot of like drugs when he was coming up with it with with uh, Silver Surfer. He's so, definitely ripped, and that's one thing I. He had the physique. Yeah, you're like I'm gonna go to the gym and get Silver Surfer buff. <laughs> and be a surfer. At the <laughs> you're like screw Kelly Slater, man. <laughs> I want to be Silver Surfer buff. So okay, so you know that kind of manifests itself, and you and you you're, you're picking up uh, Silver Surfer when you can, and that takes you into an Infinity Gauntlet, which was a huge event in the '80s, uh, which pulls a lot of different characters in. So you, it does. I think in, in comics, when you're getting exposed to comics, you usually get in through like a character. Like um, for me, um, you know, uh, the X Men comics, the X Men cartoon, but I really like the character Gambit, and then you you find things that he's in. And then you you get introduced to other characters. You would like Gambit. Yeah. You would like Gambit. First you charge the card, and then you blow it up. Have you have you? Uh, so X Men ninety two is out digitally. Have you checked it out yet? No, no, it's, is it? It's I out wanted, digitally. Uh, I read it's the only first, out digitally. It's only right? out digitally. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll put it. Well, I don't know. It's one of those motion like it's made oh, capture. Just for, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you click it, and then one part comes up, and then a scene changes, and stuff like that. But. Uh, it's super cheesy, but there's like this giant nostalgia bomb that went off when I read it, and so I was like, "Oh, Jubilee!" Does the art look? Is it? It like looks Jim pretty Lee-esque? 90s. Yeah, it's pretty '90s looking. Like, yeah. there's definitely some some Jim Lee feels in there nice. <laughs> as you read it. Well, uh, just I, I, you know, we were talking about the idea that um, sometimes you come into the greater world of a comic universe through one character. And then you're like, oh, I, I don't really, I don't read comics. I just read um, like this Hellboy, or I just read um, Constantine. But when those characters interact with other characters, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, I never really read Spider Man, and here he is, and I kind of like his rendition of it in in um, this universe. Yeah, I, I think I think that's how you kind of glom onto stuff. And, and today uh, we are reading BPRD Vampire is the book for today. Now, what does BPRD stand for, Joshua? Uh, it stands for the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. <laughs> 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 A little table joke for no one who gets it. Yeah. Uh, but, sound check joke. Sound check. So, uh, BPRD Vampires we're going to read. Now, I chose, uh, so you and I made our summer reads, right? Mm-hmm. We kind of picked a, a, a pile of books to read this summer. And I picked BPRB, uh, BPRD Vampire. It is like the second part of a story, but we'll kind of talk about whether Oh, yeah. We're going to have to talk about we'll that. Talk about We're going to have to talk about that real not. good. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> I didn't read the first part of BPRD Vampire. I only read the vampire part, so... They're separated. Even the first one's not called BPRD Vampire. So. Right. It's called BPRD 1948. 1947. 1947. 40, I thought 47 was the first one. Then they did 48. 48 isn't about this, though, I don't think. I think 48's a... Uh, 
Oh. Uh, or maybe it is. I, I thought, know, but... so when I, my research for yeah. this, because I had to realize what the F was going on here as I'm reading along with this, I go, yeah, I, I, there's backstory here that I'm not getting. And so I knew that there was um, uh, a BPRD 19, uh, 1940s series, right? Where they're going back and looking at yeah. the, the Bureau in the 1940s. Um, I think it was 1947, 1948, my research. I think 1947 was when this guy, our main hero in here, gets these vampires trapped in his chest. I'm going too far before our summary. <laughs> and 1948 is oh, when it's, it's like the aftermath where he has to deal with like we start seeing the emotional fallout kind of begin. I think the first one, the first one, 47, is when uh, he go, they go and they kill the vampire that's mentioned in this one, the first vampire that's mentioned here. 48, I think, is the one where they seal them inside of his chest. Oh, okay. And this is kind of the aftermath of, of having them in there. So it's a weird story. I will admit that, yeah. that maybe it was... Unaware there was a three-parter, the third of a three-part. But we can have a discussion about this. I, I never read the other parts, but I'm, I'm going to make the claim right now that this still stands pretty good. All right, well, before it. you make your stand, go ahead and make your summary. All right, so so summary of BPRD Vampire. I'm not even going to put two minutes on. I'm just going to go quick with it. Uh, I think we're past the two minutes. I think we are. Have we outgrown this? I think we may have outgrown the two-minute summary. I think, I think we are good with summarizing right. quickly. It just took a couple times. Yeah. If you wouldn't quit interrupting me, you'd probably be <laughs> uh, so this Wait, uh, can we just read the back of the book? <laughs> we could. <laughs> no. We could be lame and read the back of the book. Uh, but so BPRD Vampire is the story of Agent Simon Anders, Anders, Anders. Um, Anders. I like like Anders. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. So Simon Anders is uh, a, a uh, one of the guys in BPRD, and this is kind of about his story about he's hunting down uh, a vampire, and inside of him are the spirit of two vampires, witches, vampire witches, witches. stuck inside of him. They were like sealed up inside of him by someone else, and so. He's on the hunt for these vampires. He goes to this town. I don't remember where it's at, but it doesn't matter. Somewhere it's in Eastern, Eastern Europe. Somewhere in Eastern Europe where all the vampires hang out. And uh, he goes to track down this vampire, uh, and he finds them, but there's some sort of trap in there. And uh, how do you say the name again? Hecate? Uh, yeah, Hecate. Hecate. So Hecate, the, the big bad ghoulie ghoul that is all the all the vampires and witches are like, Hecate, yeah, for like, Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, that ends up being that he goes to fight this vampire, he kills the vampire, uh, and then, like, the girly spirits, the girly vampire spirits inside of him kind of take over and give him, like, super power to, like, basically murder a bunch of people in this village. Right. And then he takes off, and then, uh, uh Hellboy's dad, Professor, uh, Brutenholm. Brutenholm, Brutenholm too. comes to go find him, and there's this kind of scene, and then it's done. Yeah, I guess is the best way to put it. That's probably like a bad summary, but that's the book in a very brief summary. Yeah, it's basically a vampire hunter story. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think I picked it done. because summarized. Uh, done summarized. <laughs> I, I picked BPRB vampire because I think sometimes when you have a world like uh, the big Nolaverse, right, like this giant, huge thing that is BPRD, because there's all the Hellboy books and there's all the BPRD books. Um, I Maybe thought this this one. Because uh, I had never read anything before it, and I remember while I was reading BPRD, I'm not current with it right now, this was one of the things that came out, and it's like, oh, I'll pick it up, I kind of like a vampire story that's not sparkly vampires, right? Uh, so I grabbed it, and uh, I kind of, I, I really enjoyed it when I read it, uh, and I didn't, I guess like having gone back and reading, because I was reading it monthly. 
Oh, so you read this a while ago. Yeah, I read okay. this a while ago. I read it a while ago when it came out, and I reread it for, for our little discussion today. But oh, I and you still it, picked it, huh? Yeah, I okay. still picked it. We'll see. We'll see if you did. <laughs> That's going to point to me whether you liked it or not right there. So let's let's talk. Let's get down to it. So No, okay. Uh, I think I think before we uh, go start talking about characters, I think I want to pick up where we left off before the summary okay. with this. Uh, Chris, you came into this... Uh, uh, I've read a BPRD, like a single issue here, a single issue there. I know it's this big universe. I, I, I love the Magnolia universe. I love the idea behind it, but I always kind of like um, picked at it. Dabbled? Yeah, dabbled in it, you know? Because it's one of those things that stands out to you on a comic book rack if you're in a shelf. Yeah. Um, so I gave this to Chris because I knew like it's kind of like in this pre, you know, designed world so i'm like maybe i wouldn't give it to because i know hellboy and i wouldn't give hellboy to a first time reader comic book reader i don't think but but someone who has a kind of you know has a little bit of experience in it i would be like okay you can wade through this yeah so i gave it to chris and um he finished reading it and he started talking about those rules we had a look like like we might have shared the same kind of puzzlement at yeah. first at least so what was your your first take on this so reading through it um i was trying to figure out what the heck was going on uh going through it i had a, I had trouble with the, the premonitions uh, because the way it's the way it's written um so for me when i was reading through it like i said this is the first time i've read anything like this so um going through it it's hard for me to dabble back and forth but i was more intrigued with it because it kept me in tune with it so when I was going through it all, uh, I was actually like trying to figure out what was going on, but at the same time, I was just so like, I need to find out what's going on. So I didn't have a, it, it's one of those things where you want to know what's going on, but I never reading this, I couldn't tell you any backstories of why certain things are happening. Right. So I, did you feel like as you're going through it that, that you were not privy to crucial information to understanding yeah. the story? Or understanding the characters, or both. So understanding, like when they showed the pie symbol on his chest and on mm-hmm. the on one of the chapters, I was like, I couldn't tell you what this meant, but I know it was something probably important. Because it's um, on every other panel, like in the covers, <laughs> right? Um, and then the witches, uh, where they come from, and, and how they get to him. Um, so yeah, that that was certain certain things. Like I said, I I wasn't privy to before. But it, like I said, it kept me intrigued the entire the entire way. Right. I um I as someone who's you know picked up trades before. Yeah. I was I'm comfortable being like okay they'll get to it they'll let yeah. me know what I need to know and you're right I think this by the time I got to the end I think this does I it, it can exist on its own after I was done I researched just to make sure that I wasn't missing anything big and I I realized oh this character this Anders a guy has been in the first two runs of BPRD. Yeah. He was a major character in it, and he had this whole plot line where these vampires did get, you know, trapped in yeah. his chest. I, I got that from context, that these are tra- trapped in them, you know. Yeah, well, but they, I, they, I was... Uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, they do they do kind of, they lay some of that stuff for you. It's not as in-depth as maybe uh, if it were standalone, mm. uh, but they kind of lay it out like, you know, he's like, you sealed him inside of In the me. conversation you know, goes, of the him professor, and, him right. Him and the professor go back and forth talking about it. Um... The only thing that I think, with it standing by itself, you don't understand why he's got such a beef with vampires, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the one part where I'm like, ah, why is he so mad, though, with, with reading this one by itself? And it's probably bad research on my part mm-hmm. to pick just this one. And, and, and no, no, it, I, I, um, I, I, I want to talk about the story, because I think there's a lot of good to the story. But before we do, I think it's crucial. I want to talk about the, uh, two, I want to talk about the two artists. Can we, can we do that? Yes. So the guy, the writer and the yeah. artist. 
our twin brothers. Uh, so uh, Gabriel Bra or Ba and uh, Fabio Moon mm. are brothers. That's like their pen name. It's not their real name. So right. uh, they're brothers from Brazil. They're and, twins, aren't they? Yeah, twin brothers from Brazil, uh, and they've worked on a couple different books together. Uh, Day Tripper is a big one that they put out. That's kind of like their solo work they did, um, and then. They did this Umbrella BPRD Academy. Stuff. Umbrella Academy is yeah. another one. Uh, I picked BPRD Vampire because there's this sort of style that runs through BPRD, like this sort of aesthetic that goes with it, and I I really enjoyed uh, the way that both of them draw. And I don't know if you guys noticed that throughout. We'll get to the art in a second, but um, they both draw different panels throughout. Some of them so, they draw the same panel. Yeah, and yeah, so, within the same panel, yeah, it's crazy. Same panel. So it's kind of weird, kind of way they do it. Uh, but I thought that that was kind of an interesting take on it. I really, I'm going to tell you, we always talk about this before, and I've said it like a thousand times. I'm going to say it again. Uh, 80 to 90% of why I buy a book is art. And BPRD is one of those books where I would always, I would pick it up because I always think the art's kind of this kind of different kind of cool vibe to it that I really get into. It's this overly stylized at times and like simple line stuff that, that, that Mignola really kind of developed. And that a lot of the artists that work on BPRD kind of run with that same sort of flavor. Yeah, it's a house style almost. Yeah, it's almost. like a almost when you see this, it's very well. I mean, Magnolia, Hellboy, the BPRD universe—it's a staple. It's like the Batman of the Dark Horse world. Yeah. It's like their go-to. I mean, their their go-to ongoing series. Yeah. And this has really become like a house style for it. And I want to I want to uh, uh, talk about that when we talk about art. Okay. But before we talk about this, I think right. it's crucial. Okay. Crucial question. We're going to be talking a lot about vampires in this story. Yeah. So we need to get a good vampire base right. for what's your favorite vampire story. It can be in print. It can be a movie. What's your favorite version of a vampire? Because I need to know this as we are moving through. <laughs> Mine, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll start. So no, my, I know Twilight, obviously, is your first. Twilight is not my first. Uh, I'm going to tell you, this is, this is probably my favorite vampire story, is the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. So the movie is so cheesy. Acceptable, that, acceptable. That I love a, it. There's a part of me, uh, Paul Rubin is in it, and he's yeah, like, "Where you get stabbed?" He's like, "Oh, oh, oh, yeah, yo, she sliced my dog." Yeah. <laughs> so that that is that's like a, and I know it's not scary, but that's like a quintessential quintessential like vampire. Yeah, isn't Donald Sutherland's in yeah, that movie? Yeah. That's legit. It is. It is. It's a good movie. That was that was up there. That was gonna. That was one of mine too. I, right, I love Chris, that one. What's your what's your quintessential vampire? Book, movie. Uh, so I would have to go with comedy. Uh, once bitten. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good uh, one. Uh, Jim Carrey, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that I one. Seen that one, time, but it's a good one. I thought you were gonna say Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> why, would, why would I say? That? Or Dracula Dead and Loving That? Why would I say that? Because <laughs> you love Eddie Murphy. Oh, got it. <laughs> um. I'm gonna have to go with. There's two. I okay. feel like so. I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna throw them both. Like, I think they're in the Keanu same. Reeves and Bram Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Oh, definitely. And Stereo. Interview the Vampire Man. Oh yeah, yeah. And what the reason I was like I I liked the vampires in the I liked the they're, the vampire vibe because they're very Interview with the Vampire. Classic vampire. Yeah, they're they're very like ruffled like I don't want to get blood on my ruffles vampires. But there's like blood everywhere. Like I don't want to get blood on me. But okay, yes. Yeah. Sweet Victorian outfit on will like kill you. Right. Because because I there's when I think when you approach doing a vampire story as they sit down in Magnolia because they all three wrote on it. Magnolia uh, Gabriel uh, Gabriel and Fabio uh, they all wrote on it I got a feeling it was more um, Gabriel and Fabio well I think Mike Magnolia is credited just because he's like the editor so yeah. you have to run everything by him yeah. in the Magnolia verse same so. with his like Frankenstein book too yeah. I think he's like oh, I'm I kind of just give guidance type yeah. of thing yeah. 
But as sitting around talking about a vampire story, if you're a team of artists creating something, you have to decide, okay, what do we take yeah. from vampire lore and what do we put in it that's ours? Um, so what do you think that, first start with what they took. What do you think that they took and they did really well that was very familiar, familiar Chris, as far as uh, vampire stories go? Like, what were you glad you saw that the vampires were um, involved with? Um, more, I, I think the the herding thing, like they all they group together and they stay together. I think that's one thing. Um, when they when they're going through the book, beginning of it, they're all together. Uh, the one, the main guy. Yes, coven. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. they stick together. That's one thing that, if you look at any vampire movie, you always have a a clique of some sort of a vampire group, and they stick together to protect themselves. So right. I think that's yeah. 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 They kept. Like the Lost Boys, yes. like, like Enemy Vampire, like a giant yep. Blood Rave, right? Right. <laughs> oh God, that's up there too. That's a good vampire. <laughs> that's a classic quality day. I don't that's know. Like, I want to go back. Now that we just now that the Blade door has been mentioned, yeah. I want to go back. And do watch. we should we start another Wait. podcast called Vampires Are Us? Should <laughs> just do vampire movies? Just do vampire movies. <laughs> I think we just do variants where we just watch vampire movies and talk. About it. <laughs> what what do you, what do you think that what do you, what Josh? What do you think they're bringing in? That's that's new to the. What do you think? What do you, what are they, what's their spin on it? I don't know if there's anything that's too terribly new in it. I think like the whole uh, he's a giant spider demon, like because the souls of two vampires are stuck weird. inside of him. That's a little different. I didn't expect that. It was kind of cool. I liked it, but definitely not something I thought of. Is that on the reg? Is he can he turn into a giant spider on the reg? But it wasn't him though. It was like a spirit of a yeah. giant spider coming out of him. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I think the one thing here's what I'm gonna tell you. I'm glad they left out of it. I'm glad they left out sexy vampire. Like, sometimes it's just like, these are like cartoons, and so it would have been like boxy people, all sexy. Yeah. And so I think sometimes they play, like, uh, people play up like Anne Rice vampirism too much, where it's like, oh, it's so sexy and sensual. Like, no, there's some gory freaking things here. It starts off with like a lake of dead bodies, you know what I mean? Like, there's legit gore in this thing right away, and I, I'm kind of, I kind of like that aspect of it, that it's gory vampires and not like, sexy i just want to bite your neck and you mentioned the beginning of the book yeah which is really interesting because there's about what four or five pages where we don't have any dialogue and i love it i yeah. love it oh man i just think it's a it's it's a it's a daring thing to do in comics and i read an interview with with uh gabriel and, and fabio kind of talking about yeah, you know, we did it. You know, we thought someone was like, "Well, it's crazy." He did like five pages of like no words before anybody talks, uh, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, it just seemed like the right thing to do to start it off." But it does, it sets a mood, though, right? It definitely sets like a dark mood because you think about when you watch a movie. There's not dialogue always at the beginning of the movie. There's not like you open it up and all of a sudden there's like someone talking right away. I think we're setting, they do a really good job of kind of setting the scene with all this. My whole thing though is, I, I liked it because you, you have to yeah. do with patience and a trade it works. If I bought a single issue, I'd be like, oh. like I, I wouldn't even get like through a whole shit by the time I finish this first <laughs> book. Just, like, you're supposed to like, you're supposed to soak it in. You're supposed to soak in the art and kind of like, uh, delve in. Uh, no, it, 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 it does dirty. set the mood. So you, what, what about you? The first so, five pages, you're like, is this a picture book? So, <laughs> like I said, when Listening to the podcast, you, you tend to, I've been listening for a while now, you tend to look at things differently. Um, and one thing that I noticed when I was reading through this is the Reds. And it's a vampire move, It's a vampire book, so the Reds are just very, very distinct. And there's not a lot of color in this. So the Red itself shows, hey, this is a vampire book. 
and how it just that whole river of it just it, it just sets the scene and it does it it kept me like i said in, entertained at least right and, then, and against that white background that, yeah, snow, that snow you know it's it is you know it's and it's throughout the entire book that red is very distinct so yeah you you're reading a vampire book. I felt that the you know the 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 pages without words really the silence really fills the page yeah, like you, you feel the there. woods the silence yes. of the, you, have you ever been like well you've obviously yeah, been like a snowy person. woods yeah. <laughs> like it the sound dampens and you oh, can't yeah. hear anything it's dead eerie, man. and so you feel like that you you could like if you just did like one page you know or maybe even like one spread of that yeah. you wouldn't get that sense of like but, of but just that quietness of the. You can sense the movement from panel to panel. You really get this this feel of like how eerie that that begins. And we is. we know from lore like vampires are quiet creatures. So even though they're moving through the forest, they're not making any sounds and they're covered in blood. Ooh, I, I like this beginning a lot more now. Um, so I, let's talk about let's let's get into what do you think of. Um, it's really hard. I'm going to tell you one thing that was hard because we just read this blip of it, you know, this piece of, of Simon uh, Anders. What do you read on him as a character? What do you, what do you think of him as a character? Chris, what do you read off of him? Um, God, uh, that's tough because, like I said, you don't, I don't know too much of his backstory. So I don't know more than, you know, he has two spirits in him and he hates vampires. And other than that, I really don't get more than that um and i know just just reading that you know he has a an ultimate mission now that he's trying to eradicate vampires now for what reason i couldn't tell you more than that <laughs> well this is um i know we usually ask some point in the, the podcast we talk about what we didn't like about it yeah. this is what i didn't like about it is this main the main character and not because he's a bad character it's because the, a lot of this arc seemed to be him changing as a character uh, from the beginning to the end, you know, I mean, we, you know, we, didn't we really see that. that. Yeah. And I didn't know who, I didn't have a firm grasp of who he was to begin with. So when he changed, I wasn't that invest, emotionally invested in the character or concerned with his future as a character. Yeah. Because I, I, I wasn't ground. I was even more grounded than Professor because I've watched, you know, I've read some yeah. Hellboy. I've watched the Hellboy movies. I know who this guy is. I'm like, oh, you know, he's a good guy at heart. Yeah. And he only has the best interest of people in mind. This guy could be a serial rapist. So he could have raped like eight children in the previous <laughs> books. I wouldn't have known. But you get, and it doesn't, there's not a lot of that comes out of there because they're trying to build this silence. Yeah. So he's not interacting a lot with other people for you to get a read on him. You know, he's, Vengeance seems to be his motivating factor, and that's—I think—that's really what you see in him. I would say that the one um, he essentially, because we just read this, I, I don't think it's—it's it's not an issue of the writers on this. I think it's just the characterization of it. Is he is a—he has a mission and he's on it and he doesn't care what happens, right? And so there's some sort of we like this big drive from him, but we're not really clear on the motives because we kind of jump in in the third right. act of, of it and, and uh, we don't really get where he's going with it. But I really, I still kind of, I felt, even though I didn't know the motives, the pacing of the book just dr like took me along on a ride. Even though I didn't know what was going on, I needed to know like what the next part was, right? They fall into this giant, you know, this, this big kind of ravine and it reveals this giant kind of like, uh, ruined palace of stuff, and then for me, that's when it—that's when an issue would end, right? right so for yeah. you, where the trades end, you can flip the next page and see. 
But when I was reading it in singles, however long ago, I was like, oh, man, what's going to happen? Oh, geez. And I'd have to wait a month to find out. See, it would have been tough for me to read in singles because the first two issues, the cliffhangers weren't super satisfying for me. It wasn't until like maybe like the third issue and fourth issue that I would have that I would have been like, I have to get the next issue. Uh, but those first two, it would have been very tough for me to, to keep going after that second one. As I think the second one, they just fall down the cliff and they see the opening of the yeah. vault, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, nothing's really... I mean, it's just kind of been talk about it. I, I mean, he, he, you're right. Vengeance seems to be his driving factor, but it's almost like he, 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 he's, he's a man uh, with vengeance and becomes a creature of wrath. Yeah. And I need... I, I just... I would, I would have liked... Or I feel like maybe... Um, Again, this is something I didn't like. I, I overall, I did enjoy the story, um, but I think that that's what I was missing is my connection to the 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 character. Is yeah. I'm not saying I have to see myself in every character, but I have to see the humanity in every character. And I think that that was probably done in BPRD 1947, 1948, where we get to see him interacting with his friends. We get to see him maybe even saving the lives of his friends. We get to see him maybe interacting with. Um, people he's loved and really get to feel him as a human being before he becomes a monster. To me, he's just a cool monster at this point. And I never get to see him be a human being. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I really want to go, but I'll read the BPRD 1947, 1948. I guess they're not prequels because they just came out before it. So this is the sequel. Right. You know what I mean? I'm kind of, um, I, I will say that that although those things were kind of lacking, I kind of I got drug along with it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I couldn't um, I couldn't tell you exactly uh, when I had read it earlier. I mean, I had to reread it, and I kind of remembered bits and pieces of it. But rereading it again, uh, I really enjoyed the art. I kind of really dug an adventure, and it, it's sort of like bad Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? Like like he's a bad guy. He's going out, he meets a lady, although nothing interesting happens with the lady, but you know, like, yeah. he, he meets a woman, he like gets trapped, just like Indiana Jones always gets kind of like double crossed, right. but instead of like finding his way out of it in a good way, he just turns into a giant spider monster and kills everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. What's, do you guys, I don't, maybe I was missing it too. What's, what's the deal between the vampires and the witches in this? I, not, I, I know there exactly seemed to be sure. some animosity there yeah. or, but were they working for them at some point? Like, uh, I, here's what I, here's what I get from the story. Um, it's, they go to this town, right? And he, his move, his movement is directed by kind of like the old gypsy witches of the town. They get him to go into this, underground dwelling knowing that he's going to kill this old vampire there and then when he comes back out from killing him the witches are there and they're like now it's your time to die yeah but it's but were they working for hecat i like i don't i think so because they talk about like uh like their mother and stuff like that being hecat right if i remember as i'm trying to like thumb through right but i thought she was working with like the vampires she's the head she's the head of the vampires right is she the head of the vampires she head of just like everybody who's bad well hecate is a goddess of the moon um and so i guess the moon anything dark and that falls into that realm but see i I didn't get the connection between why the witches and why the vampire what did you think it was it had no clue yeah I do not know the backstory, so um, it's a, that, that portion of it, um, why witches and and vampires hate each other, 
that I do not understand. Like I said, that's probably a new element that they added to it, which is, you know, that whole thing that we discussed earlier about, you know, what they add differently to this, this story of vampires. Um, so yeah, why witches hate vampires, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, and I think, I don't think that's in the backstory. I think that's something that we're supposed to kind of, maybe it'll be slowly revealed as the more issues go on. It kind of says like, vampires have been killing witches on these grounds for centuries old, hag, and Hecate is more than happy to receive your blood. But she so, also like is a goddess of vampires. Ah, I'm so confused. I don't know, man. She, maybe like, she's just a general. In Underworld, they made clear distinctions <laughs> why the vampires and the lichens did not like each other. You just want you want clear distinction. Well, I don't think I think the Underworld's a little muddled, buddy. I think the Underworld is just a little. It's not clean. It's the Underworld. <laughs> <laughs> My dilemma was the the two witches. They they were vampires, correct? Like the two ones inside. Inside of them? Yeah, the two yeah. witches are inside of them. So they're. I don't think they were, were, were they, I don't think they were, they were just vampires. I don't think they were, they were vampires, inside. yeah. They were vampires inside of them. And so, so... is there a conflict with him killing other vampires now? Because... Yeah, it seemed like, and they said, well, they're talking about um, when the, the, the gypsy women come in, in, in front of them, they're like, oh, we have the, you have two sisters inside of you. And he goes like, they're, yeah, but they are, they are um, minions of Hecat. And they're like, yeah, the worst ones. Yeah. Like the worst ones. So I don't know if like these... Uh, female vampire well, twins double-crossed someone well, he in the vampire saying, community? He ends up saying, like, he is controlling them, right? Look, they're inside of him, and they're changing him, but he's in control, right? Because that's why he goes, he kills a vampire with their power, mm-hmm. right? He then goes and kills all these witches. So I just think he's like, I think he's like, I've got all this, like, his goal, I think, Anders' goal is to just destroy this evil, whether yeah. it's the witches who are trying to kill him or the vampires, uh, but he's really got it out for the vampires because they almost killed him, right? So, Do you think he's in control of himself by the end of this book? I don't think he's in... I don't think the the vampires are in control of him. I think someone, really? I think something oh, took over. That, so I don't think he's himself because at the very end... Oh, he's yeah, still, he's not himself. He's like he's, riding like a bear. But he's still going after the vampires. You know what I mean? Like he's not... The vampires haven't like... Oh, but I think I think those... I, see, I think the opposite. I think that the those vampire bitches did take over him. They are completely in control of him, but they have beef against the vampire community. Like they are, they they are like um, shunned against it. And but I think I have to read the beginning. <laughs> I think I have to read the beginning again, where they're like, where these the two girls are interacting with this dude. Yeah, and he's saying some stuff. Uh, you know, I gotta. <laughs> that's the one. Okay, so at the very beginning, that's the one he kills. That's the vampire he kills from nineteen forty whatever. Oh, those the one the rings that he yeah, sees. That's oh, the ring. okay. So if you look, there's a couple scenes where you can see his hand, and he has all those rings on. Oh, and okay. So those are the two ones that are inside of him, and that's the vampire he kills. So okay, so he was in. They were those. These girls were in love with the the vampire that they kill in nineteen forty seven. Yeah. Okay. All right, and so was was the vampire they killed in 1947? He has a name. They say it later on. Baron it must be something Koenig. Is it Koenig? yeah Koenig or something yeah. like that? Is he? Um, I feel like I feel like a girlfriend in the movie. Who's this guy? <laughs> is he bad guy or good guy? Um, is is he separate from the vampire community? Is he an outcast? Is he an out, as Malcolm Gladwell would say, an outsider? No, I don't think so. I think I think that I think that uh, here's what I think happens. I think the vampires inside of him, uh, those two vampires inside of him, but I don't think that they have control of him. I think that he has, I think he's kind of in control of those two vampires. And he, well, not control, because, you know, it kind of, it kind of takes, 
I think he's lost. I think I think they have taken control of him by the end of the book. No, I don't think I don't think it, I don't think that you're going to find the answer yeah. in there. I think it's what we we draw from the story. Yeah. So let's debate this issue for a second here. I at the end of the story, like his he does the, the professor comes and he says, I, "If I wanted to kill you, I would have killed you already." Right. So there's still like some kind of yeah. memories in there where he's like, "I owe this guy, so I'm not." So that suggests he's he's human, but he also seems to have lost a lot of his humanity. I mean, he's killed almost like an entire town full of people. Um, he has become a monster. It, it, he wants to kill vampires because he feels like vampires are evil and they slaughter people. And then he's doing the same thing. So he's become the monster that he, that he has once despised. I, you know, I, I think... I think that he... I don't know that he's completely uncontrolled of it. I, Let me ask... I, I like your argument that, like, he's become something that he hates. But he's still going out there, and, like, his goal is to go kill vampires. Here's my follow-up question. Yeah. Have you read past the, this in single issues? No, I have not. Okay. Because it does It ends here. So I don't know if... I don't think they... I don't know if they've picked up his story yet. Oh, wait. They haven't... They haven't done any more BPRD vampires? No. This is... This is four or five. That's it. This is the... This is the miniseries. Wait. Are you telling me <laughs> that there's no... BPRD vampire number five? This is where there is five. Oh, number six then? No. This is it. That's it? That's it. Uh, <laughs> that's the story. Are you, are you kidding me, dude? Oh, this was going to be a long-running series. No, this is like, this is encapsulate this. So you got to, BPRD does really strange runs of stuff. And so they will do like, so 47, 48, and this are not like, it's not like they came out back to back to back. They would tell 47, and then there would be a period of time, and someone goes, oh, let's do 1948. And they do 1948. And yeah, okay, I get time, that, yeah. And wait, and they do this one. So but 1948 and 1947, those were longer runs, weren't they? No. They no, were only five are, runs? I think there's only... Everything in the Mignolaverse is usually pretty short sketches. So even BPRD, even BPRD used to be split into... A bunch of... But then they made it like the big one. It was like a 10-year run. They tried like Frogs. Yeah. What's it called? Um, they did one where they started... So at one, once it reached 100 issues, they did... They started numbering at 100. But before that, they were like vignettes in the BPRD universe. So you're like, oh, I want to read uh, BPRD, uh, um, like, whatever, uh, something, Kingdom of Frogs or whatever it is. And yeah. So you grab that little story of it, and you would work through five or six issues. So that's how that's how they don't burn out creators and stuff over at, over at Dark Horse for BPRD is they go, I want you to tell, like, a, tell a five-issue story. Tell a miniseries. Are you kidding me, dude? So, like, well, how are we going to figure out the end of the story? Yeah. Because I have Last a time... questions. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, when Hannah, the, the girl who mm -hmm. shows him the place, um, at the beginning, well, when she goes meets him, she's like, uh, says right here, I was sent by the Communist Party of Czechoslovakia. I'm thinking at the end, when he ends up killing her, he's going to go back and mess with these with the Communist Party now. Because there's no end now. Like, That's one of the questions I had. Is what, where is he going after this? Because... Well, you at the very end, you just so um, at the very end, it's kind of like you get this whole ending with uh, at the BPRD headquarters, right? Uh, and kind of he's like he's by himself, um, and he kind of recaps what he saw, and uh, Professor Brutholm, uh, Brutenholm does, and it just the last bit we get is with the vampires in the car and the in the um, in the wagon, right? And they're just going to, like, he'll come after us, after all of us. 
this is the most this is most unpleasant. We should deal with him now. Do not worry, he won't find us. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, well, so, I, I, the last last page I have is the, no, there's, oh yeah, there's, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the end of the vampire story, and then it goes into Bruton Holm in his office, right. and you know the last page is like there's a wanted poster of Simon Anders on it and stuff like that. So I think there's there's probably another story to tell of it. There's got to be more. Be- yeah. When was when did this end? When was the last oh, issue? Oh, it was probably two years ago, something like that, or maybe a year and a half ago. I don't and know. they still haven't started the next thing, huh? No, I'd have to. I'd have to go back and and find it. But they, there's. But here's the thing about BPRD. Since it's 1940, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. the universe was based with Hellboy later on, and so right. they can just go back in time and tell little blurbs of story. Yeah, but I mean, like, let's do this sooner than later. Come on now. <laughs> Last time I last time I see this dude, he's he's riding away on a saddle on a bear. I want to know where the fuck the bear's going. It's like a majestic evil bear. Yeah, like, it's like I'm like I feel like Mr. Tumnus is going to walk out behind a lamppost like at any it's moment like the now. Most metal ending. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. It's like a, it's like a, it's like, a, it's like, a, like a Megadeth cover. He's riding on a bear, and there's like all these yeah. like animals around. It's like him. Shirt, his shirt's like ripped <laughs> off. Yeah, fucking riding a bear. Some straight up power metal. <laughs> So let's talk about the art really. Uh, let's talk about the art to kind of end us up here. Um, so both Fabio Moon and Gabriel Bra both do artistic duties on this. Uh, did you tell where they were different artists? Um, no, I, I the first time I, I read through, I was like, uh, I thought they were doing it like issue by issue, and then I realized that wasn't the case. They were doing like panel by panel or like yeah. page by page, and sometimes. Uh, someone, one of them was doing the background on the page, and yeah. the other was doing the for the characters. Um, so essentially, what's happened, and I, you can see it. So all the covers, I believe, are by Moon. I think all the covers are are by Moon, if I'm if I remember. So who likes the painty style? The painty style is Moon. Uh, so Moon, Fabio Moon is kind of the paint style of it, uh, and then the where it's really squarey. That's when you get uh, uh, Simon Anders all by him. Whenever there's a normal scene without witches, it's Simon Anders. Whenever there's, uh, or it's, uh, it's yeah, the Bob. brush strokes, yeah. yeah. And whenever there are witches, you get Fabio Moon's kind of like brush strokey, uh, more fluid lines. So I, I think that's who it is. But you can see they kind of take off panel by panel. So. I thought that was really neat when I found out that they're working uh, panel to panel sometimes within each other's panels. Uh, yeah. And showing um, the differences between art, I think that, that's a fun activity for like after you read the book to go back through and re- it really gives you more incentive to look at the art and realize how collaborative the comic book medium could be. Well, also each of them paints like a different a different kind of mood. So whenever it's just like when before uh, Anders kind of turns when he's just himself, all the scenes that aren't like ooh spooky are are well, how are they. Ooh, spooky. Wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't hear it yeah. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> All the scenes that aren't like the d- demons and witches and stuff like that. So it starts off with, I believe, Fabio Moon. Fabio Moon does all the art in the first. All those silent panels are Fabio Moon. And then it's him until we kick to um, Anders in the, the in professor. Okay. Yeah. So his hand, it switches. You can see the art style switches. You can see the difference between the way that they both draw hands, right? Right. Uh, and then it's all really boxy again until, uh, you get a flash of the witches and then it goes back on one page. The top and bottom panel are done by one artist, the kind of like, uh, fluid art of Fabio Moon. And then in between are the squared off 
Stop. Yeah, I mean, but to, I, to be honest, like it's pretty seamless for me. Like, it's, I, you know it's like I, I can't tell. I mean, you have more of an artistic eye, yeah. so maybe like popped out to you. But if I hadn't investigated it, I wouldn't have known they're doing a panel by panel and page by page. It did really, it did really bleed really well together. And sometimes I think like I had wished the color palette had been a little more different to kind of illustrate that a little more because mm-hmm. I think it, it lends itself to the story. I think when you go back and you read it and see those two different styles, you can kind of see, like, why they're doing it, right? Like, right. one of them takes the supernatural part of it and kind of runs with it. And so, so later on in the last books, all the foreground stuff is drawn by one of them, but, like, the background monster is done by Moon. Right. I'm just, Chris, I'm interested, because, you know, I, I um. You read, you know, like the the superhero stuff, which kind of has that Marvel House style, that Jack Kirby style, like Quicksilver. You've read, um, you know, Why the Last Man and um, um, uh, Preacher, which have that kind of still kind of realistic look to it. This is, um, if you haven't read any of uh, Magnolia's stuff uh, or just seen his artwork, or read something like this. How was it? How different was this from other things that you have been exposed to in comics, as far as art's concerned? Oh, like I said. Uh... The, the muscles of all the Marvel, that's that's one thing that stands out throughout. Um, this, though, I think it plays to the whole vampire story. Because um, you're right, it's not all sexy and stuff like that, but it, it keeps it keeps it constant where it's it's a, a, a believable story. Like, they're not, this, this guy is, like, uh, smaller than me. And, uh, you know, he has this power inside him. Um, so the art itself is, I think flows with with a storyline so that, that's my take on it like i said i i couldn't tell you that looking at the panels now like i'm looking at them like oh yeah it makes sense. yeah yeah when, you, when you josh that. breaks it down yeah, you're yeah. like yeah i could see I that yeah i tell you i was like yeah that, that, oh okay that, that like makes boxy sense. and then flowy <laughs> oh, I see yeah. It now. yeah like i said before it was i thought it was just one person and those are that's, that's the kind of thing that i love about comic books like once you you can go back and read so this was a reread for me and when the first time i read it i don't know that i noticed that mm-hmm. right but the second time i read it through it i was kind of like oh yeah i never i never noticed that i knew that they were brothers i knew they worked on it together but i didn't really know how it worked it, like one of them one of them pencil and one of them ink or or however they right. however they did that duty on it but when you said duty. <laughs> yeah, so when you go back and look at it like that you can look at it and you get like a completely different not a completely different story, but you get like a, a different feel of this story. We're like, oh, this is like yeah, a, it does. I, I, it, 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 I don't know. It, I think it, for some odd reason, it, it kind of strengthens the artistic merit of the book for me yeah. because it's got to be. It's tough to collaborate. It's tough it for is. artists to collaborate. I would imagine it's tough for people who are drawing and penciling to pencil in the same panel and have it be something that's satisfying to both of them yeah, at the end yeah. of it. And I'm well, sure it wasn't at all times. We read we read Prophet a long time ago, right. if you remember. Yeah, the first issue. That first, did, that oh, was the very first podcast. And that does the same thing, but at first they're just separate books. So one guy does one guy's, you know, follows one prophet for three books or two books, and another guy follows another prophet for a couple books. Near the end of the series, there's like a panel that's drawn by one guy because they're all joined together. Yeah, and huh? There's like five different artists drawing one book at the end, and it's this really cool artistic. Like you can feel the different storylines, and you're kind of connected to the different stuff. Um, this isn't as abstract as some of those, or as blatant not, as some yeah, of those yeah, differences exactly. are on that one. I think 
they have very different styles, but I think they blend really yeah, they, well it's like, together. Yeah, it's like a jam band. They're, they, they're still playing the same genre of music. Yeah. It's just, you know, two different uh, guitarists. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I looked at the, uh, I never had looked at the, I don't really look at coloring, color artists, but mm-hmm. there's something, since I got that, um, the Hellboy, um, you know, 20 years of Hellboy yeah. Bishop book, I was looking at it and looking at the fact that they've had pretty much Dave Stewart colors all yeah. of Magnolia stuff. And I think he is kind of the unsung hero of this whole universe oh, he's because like he's what ties it together. exactly. I would say more so than the penciling, which I think that uh, Moon and um, Ba have have kind of studied Magnolia and able to kind of I wouldn't say mirror well, if you look at their own stuff. Their own stuff is this style. Yeah. Right? So I I don't know if I don't think that they're like mimicking, but I think. Well, how old are they? Would they have been influenced by Magnolia growing well, up? Probably, but yeah. I mean they're from Brazil, so who knows exactly? I don't know what kind of American books they got there, but I would say that really you get. Um, I I think that Dark Horse or Magnolia go out of their way to find people to that find are... artists that jive with their style, and when you've got Dave Stewart putting that color panel on uh, color palette on all of it. It just it just fits. So um, I gave you Haro County to read, mm-hmm. and uh, Tyler Crook used to he did some BPRD, yeah he did some like, and he 19... did some of my favorite stuff in BPRD. So it, his art was really good, but it has a completely different feel, and it fits. I mean, the art's similar in that sort of you would say that they're cartoonists rather than like you know some of the realistic style that you get with like, as realistic as you can get when you get like guys like Jim Lee and, and stuff like right. that doing it, um, but. The Dave Stewart colors make that art fit right in with that universe. Exactly. You know it's, I mean? it's like the differences, I wouldn't say forgivable because that makes them sound like they're negative and the yeah. differences are what make the, it the creator's book. But it also, it's like, oh, this is a, this is a Hellboy universe. Yeah. yeah. This is the Hellboy universe. And I think that's so smart of uh, Magnolia because you know he's, he's masterminding yeah. this uh, to keep that colorist on. And this is, a, I think he's won some Eisner's. Um, mm-hmm. For his coloring, I really I love it, and he really tells the story with color, as Chris was saying, with that reds and those whites, yeah. and there's that whole scene, the fire, like he has open um, here, um, which let's let's talk about that uh, favorite panels because uh, I think it's going to transition into it. So for me, there was two, and uh, like the one that you're discussing right now with the witches coming out on his arms from being a spider. But the, the, oh, the the top one where he's like just yeah, like his arms are out, yeah. yeah. And he's just he's it's straight carnage, very Doc Ock. Funny thing um, that I saw on two different panels was the there's two animals. There was a crow, and then right here at the, the bottom, goat, yeah. The, goat. <laughs> the first the crow was like when they fell off uh, in the tomb is like stupid creatures, yeah. Right, and then this death, like my not knowing anything, like why are they there? Well, that, well, it's one of those things I had just I questioned. Because you have just two animals. Just... Well, there's, they, they show up throughout the book, too. So they're even in issue issue one. You've got the crow in the woods right away uh, when it's kind of that flashback scene with Koenig and the two sisters. Uh, and then uh, the, the crow says, Hecate, moon of a thousand forms. And then the goat appears when he's in town at one point or when he's walking through the woods. And so, And those are the same animals that appear at the end with him. And he's, like, riding on a bear, and there's, right. like, the goats there. And I think it, like, lends it to itself, like, man, there's little creatures out there that it's more than just these witches and vampires, but, like, the world is a spooky place. You know? Well, it also brings in the idea of um, uh, hell uh, and uh, heaven, um, 
that you know Magnolia plays with in this um, universe. You know, where yeah. there is a hell, there is a Satan, there yeah. are devils and demons. I mean, the the horned goat being a symbol for that and uh the crow or the raven being a symbol for magic and things like that but it's freaking hilarious when they're when they're talking and no one no one seems to acknowledge it <laughs> well that's what I, like, I wonder if anybody hears, hears it, them. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like if it's just it's there. in green because it's yeah, always it's like in green a different green a different thing uh and that's kind of that's always something i enjoy is like how like whose word bubbles are what like how do you how do we decide which way to do it and, and all those sorts of things and I, I always find those little tweaks in art to be kind of interesting um my panel is uh, from the very first issue, so it's right after the silence, so you get all, and I, I just wanted to pick the whole silence scene as my panel. Right. I've been yelled at before that you can't pick more than one panel. <laughs> totally can't pick five pages, sir. <laughs> so I went with the, right after uh, there's that kind of squeaking and you see the vampire's face for the first time before she eats the heart and before she turns pretty. Uh, so there's like a hiss and there's a heart in her hand and then underneath right. is a panel uh, where it says can you feel it and yeah that's terrifying her mouth, and there's like that's not a vampire you recognize right so right off the bat they start you with an ugly monster vampire <coughs> not with like you know two panels later you get you know the English, you know, like that, that Victorian era dress. Mm, um, like, I've got blood all over me. But like the panel before, she's like a dark monster with glowing eyes. And I just thought that was a cool way to set up the monsters we were going to get in this book. Right. And it's one of the first the few times, like the blood red in there, too. Like their eyes. There's no bright colors in here except for Hellboy and a few of the eyes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, that's, I mean, that's a good, that's a great one right there. So, what my she, friend, what's she got on her boob? I think it's blood. It's like a, like a, like a, like a She's popping a nip or something there. I don't think so. Is it there? Oh, it's her, it's her bow, dude. Oh, it's her bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fancy dress. <laughs> uh, I gotta go with the bear, dude. I'm, I'm not not when he's not when he's mount not when he's full mount on the bear, yeah. but when uh, the page where like he opens the door and you see like Narnia, um, <laughs> you see uh, like all the animals going more, 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 yeah. more, and that's where I was like. How can we not see where this is going? Because it it really does. It's like okay, this this story is bigger than just vampire hunter goes to Transylvania and you know you know becomes what he hates. There's yeah. something else beyond. Like he's about to enter this whole world of uh, you know a world we don't know, a world of magic. And I think it you know BPRD always plays with magic, but more of like demons and things like that. So this makes me think like, of there's a world of of. I guess no other way to say it, but magic. You I know? think he's more than the vampires. Your argument is that you think the vampires took over. I think that he's he's become more than that, hence all the more. But I, I think that like he's become more than those two spirits inside of him. Whatever sealed them inside of him kind of like jammed them all together. So he's, I think he's something new. I don't think he's in control. Like I don't think he's not himself anymore. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's the two vampires that are controlling it. Okay. Because he's on a mission riding that bear wherever he's going. Where did that bear get a saddle? The pig gave it to him. There's like, there's like a little rocket raccoon next to him saying more. There's like, it's it's such a weird panel, and I totally, that's that's a fantastic panel. And that's one where you can see uh, one of them did Anders, right? So uh, I think that's Ba who's doing Anders. So he's really squared off and blocky, and all the bears and all the animals are done by Moon. I really like it because Anders, it looks like he's smiling in like both those panels. Yeah. Like, it looks like he's like, look at my bear, dog! Oh, <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> I'm about to get off this bear, son. That's what I want. I want him to ride into bear. I ride on that bear into battle against these vampires. That's what I want. I just want him to like battle it out with 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 this stuff. Um. So, what do you think? Would you? Would you? What kind of person? I mean, I, I gave it to Chris. And I was like, ah, you know, like I, because I, I had read half of it before I gave it to him, and I was planning on having it on the show before I even read it. And I read half of it, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'd give this to someone who hadn't been, you know, kind of traversed a lot of different okay, types no of one. comics. Okay. Um, and the fact that once I got into it, I realized there's some backstory in there. I mean, I would be hesitant to give this to someone who hadn't picked up a comic account before uh i think and I think, who just like vampires i wouldn't give this to someone who just like vampires i don't think that's me personally I, I don't know i think i think the the lack because we don't have that early backstory i think if i could get all three of those in one hardcover i would give even even yeah. without reading 47 and, and, and that right i think i might give those to someone because i i'm sure it fleshes out a much fuller story than it tells you about the here. history of the bureau yeah. and stuff like that and i think i think i would do that i think that's kind of i think i wouldn't mind doing that i think a piece of this by itself maybe not maybe not the best but you and i were talking about we wanted to do a dark horse book we wanted to do uh maybe a hellboy book or something like that mm -hmm. and i almost picked a hellboy story but then i was like you know what let's pick something that's not that's not hellboy uh and let's pull something from the universe and the where they jump back to the old school stuff, so this one and some of the other ones, you don't need as much background knowledge. No, yeah, so yeah. So if I threw you in the middle of like a BPRD, uh, Hell on Earth or whatever it was, like there's like instead of being like two characters you don't really know, there's like a handful of people that are that are integral to this story. Right. And you're like, who's the ghost dude who's inside of the inside of the spacesuit? But don't you guy? feel like the people stay away? Don't you feel like people stay say some people who might be staying away from comics feel like they they there's no entry point to it. And if they were starting to read this and they got confused in the first issue, like this is why I don't read comics. I don't it, understand what's going on. It might be. Uh, I hadn't read. I, I'm gonna. So when I got back into comics, uh, it's kind of. I was kind of like on a no superhero thing. I got back in and I was like, I don't, I really want to read superheroes. And I would say a lot of my reading is almost flipped. I think I'm probably about 50, 50 right now mm -hmm. reading superhero books and non superhero books. Um, but I picked up BPRD cause I was like, I like that Hellboy movie. I like both those Hellboy movies. I really liked Magnolia's art that I'd seen. And I said, you know, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to read it. Right. And so I kind of jumped in and for me, I didn't know some of the earlier stuff. Right. But there was, rad looking monsters and blood and gore and like you know like this sort of magical mystical evil world and i was that that did it for me so you have to find someone who's kind of into that stuff right. and i think getting someone who's into art it wouldn't be bad to give to but i'm gonna agree with you i think that this is kind of a hard one to suggest to someone who's not a comic person i think there's probably a better hellboy story to throw them in with mm -hmm. than this one Final thoughts, Chris? Well, the fact that it just ends, that <laughs> I'm, upset, I'm upset with that right now, but I'm going to have to live with it. Um, but first time read, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, would, uh, I would agree. Um, it'd be tough for somebody who isn't well-versed with comics to just pick this up because, or, and it could work the other way. If, if you gave this to them, they're like, okay, well, what are the backstories? So it might help them get into. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I never thought about that way. Um, if you like, if you like the style and you like the story, there's more to be found like yeah. this. There's a ton more to be found. We had the same thing before. I think. I think what happens is 
I, you always have to preface with someone when you give them a comic book, like just don't read the words. Like you've got to, you got to dig on the art too. Cause we had, uh, we had a guest on before who's like, I just, I blew through it. I just yeah. zipped through when we did lock and key and you're like, Oh no, man, like half of the story, if not more is going to be in the pictures. Yeah. And so sometimes that's hard for people. And I think if you kind of like went, Oh no, you really gotta pay attention to what's going on. If you really dig art, I really like the style of this and I think you get enough from it to enjoy the ride. So if you're a comic person, pick it up, see if you like it, read it. You know, I don't think we ruined it for you. It's kind of weird. It's a good read anyways. Uh, but I really dug the style on it. I, I had someone had tweeted me. I can't remember who it was. But someone had tweeted me that they're like, oh, that's the one with the jarring art changes in it. And I didn't think they were that jarring. And you said you didn't even no, know. No, no, they're similar for me. That they were similar. And I, I'm going to say the same thing. I didn't think they were really jarring. I just think they were. What a dick. <laughs> no, it's jarring. All changes. Well, like, the word, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, it wasn't jarring. I can't remember no, exactly yeah. what he said. But uh, drastic art changes or something like that. And I didn't think it was that drastic. I think, I think that Dave Stewart does a really good job of tying both the art together. And I think it gives you something extra to look at. Uh, if you want to go back and dig through it. And for me, I had this in single issues and I got to go back and read it and kind of read it in a new light for the show. So that's why I like the show. Thing. Yeah, you get to go back and do those things <laughs> yeah. out. Well, it's also too because, you know, I, I knew I liked the silence of the beginning, but when we were talking about it and talking about the, the reds and the whites and then really talking about even why you like it out loud yeah. makes you appreciate it more. You're like, damn, yeah. that was good. That was good. I mean, even if you read this this whole thing and you... Just, just for the first five pages alone, it's like a really cool, creepy. I mean, it's a real pretty kind of a real pretty kind of book. I don't know. I, I really dig it. So oh. here's here's what we got. You ready? You ready to wrap up? You think we're good? Yeah. Well, uh, thanks to Chris for yeah, coming on the show. Um, um, and uh, what do we got next week? Uh, next next issue. Next, next episode. Issue, we're next. doing Alex and Ada, Volume One. Have you have you gotten it yet? No. I don't even know what it's about. I don't even. I'm I haven't so, heard anything about I'm so Alex. Glad you don't know anything about. I don't know it. nothing I'm, I'm about kinda, it. Kinda, I haven't glad. even. I haven't even read the back of the book. I haven't even did, read the Amazon subscription. What did you pick it up yet? No. I'll give you my copy. Then, then we'll we'll just break that. Because yeah. I already read it, so I'll, I'll give you my copy. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Sobek ordered his. So, uh, Sobek, uh, Mike Sobek is going to be our guest on the next pot, the next episode uh, with a train. Sobek, so an Egyptian god, which would have been good to have on for Hecate. He could have talked about. Oh yeah. wait, where's where's what do you say? Sobek is like an Egyptian god, like the name Sobek. Oh, is that what it means? Yeah, it's like oh, I thought you were talking about him himself. No, he's you not see my Egyptian face. God. You see my face. He's, <laughs> like a, he's like a white guy who goes to the gym way too much. <laughs> <laughs> so he's gonna come on for Alex Ada. So that's the next one. So if you've read it, uh, tweet us about it. Tell us what you think. We'd like to kind of like banter back and forth with you on the internet or on the show. We can. Maybe we can make fun of you or not. And while you're buying Alexander, go ahead and pick up Goners because that yeah. will be the following Actually, two weeks. I got to talk to you about that. So it might not be Goners. I got someone okay. for Goners, but they're going to be out of town. So we might do Apocalyptic Girl, okay. then Goners. So okay. Our summer of read, so far, here's what we've done. We read, uh, what was the first thing? We read Persepolis. Persepolis. Then we read... Southern Bastards. Southern Bastards. Now we're on, we just finished Vampire, the parody yeah. Vampire. Then we've got Alexander. Alex then we're going to do Apocalyptic Girl uh-huh. and then Goners. This is Goners. like the indie summer, man. This yeah. Is, we're reading, so when summer's done, we're going to have to read like... Well, I had to throw in Civil War this week just to get my fix. <laughs> just to know, get my, my popcorn, mainstream, bubblegum fix. Uh, so we're diving deep into indie for the rest of this. And stories that have nothing to do... Alex and has nothing to do with the superhero. There is no... Way to ruin it, Josh. I, I said I didn't know anything about it. Now I know there's no superheroes in it. So, uh, thank you for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash comic exposure, on Twitter, at comic exposure. 
on the internet, www.comicexposure.com. Uh, if you listen to the podcast and you're listening to it right now, do us a favor. Go into iTunes and rate us. Give us a, a nice uh, review. If you want to give us a bad review, just tweet it to me. Don't put it on, don't put it on iTunes. Just give us a nice review. If, if, if you listen to the show, we'll be grateful. Uh, we, uh, follow us on Twitter if you're not following us there. And uh, we'll see you next trade.